unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Oneness is a huge part of Christ's atonement. He talks, it's this idea of family, this idea, I mean, in the church, we're all brothers and sisters. And when you go through the temple, that becomes even more apparent, how we are all connected. We are all related. We are all, we're all family. In Buddhism, though, they take it a little bit further. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Saints Unscripted, this wonderful Christmas season. Uh, today, we are here with our friend Liz, and we're going to be talking about, we're going to be basically highlighting what Mormonism in general has always flaunted, that you can find truth everywhere all around the world, and we invite truth wherever it can be found. We're going to be talking about understanding the atonement of Jesus Christ with a Buddhist slant. Is that the phrase? Yeah, with a Buddhist slant. <laughs> with yeah. a Buddhist slant. Okay. <laughs> But before we get into that, um, would you mind introducing yourself a little bit, kind of telling us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, um, my name is Liz Walmgren, and I, um, I've lived in Utah basically my whole life. Um, I have four kids, and uh, I, I think as, as I became a parent, that's when you realize things are a little maybe harder than, <laughs> than, than I thought they would be in my adult life. Right. Um, and I have a couple kids with some, some health challenges that we've had to deal with. And I know that I really struggled coming to terms with a lot of that. And it caused me a lot of anxiety. It caused me a lot of control issues. I wanted to know where everybody was at every minute and make sure everybody was okay. And and I'm sure there's no one else out there who feels no, the I'm same sure. way. No, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm the only person who has <laughs> ever felt that way. <laughs> and I, I, there was also a lot of guilt, too, because anytime anything went wrong, it was like, well, what did I do? Why didn't I do this better? And uh, it was it was just creating a lot of turmoil in my life, all these feelings. Yeah. And so I started studying, trying to figure out ways to find a little more peace. And I did. I, I found Buddhism. And I'm not perfect. Buddhism is like, I, I think sometimes when I say to people, oh, I... I call myself a Mormon Buddhist, and in fact, uh, my husband calls me a Moodist, so he thinks that's really perfect on many levels. <laughs> um, I love that. So, but uh, they just assume, oh, well, then you must be like this perfectly calm, and you know, and I'm just not always in the Zen. Yeah, mode. and that is not that is not me. It's what I aspire to be, but I am certainly not that. Uh, but it has taught me a lot of ways to think about things. And when I do get in these kind of cyclical, stressed out moments, I'm able to stop a minute and think, what should I really be doing and what should I really be feeling? So it's, it has brought a lot of peace into my life. So Cool. So this you didn't uh, go looking for Buddhism to, I mean, to replace any of your your LDS or your Christian faith elements. No. So, But you yeah. found a lot of things that... Uh, that you would say complemented or enhanced. Yeah, enhanced. Your I would beliefs. say it helped me to understand um, the beliefs of the the Latter Day Saints even better. I understood it better. I actually became, I think, a better member of the church through these principles that I learned. Wow. So, okay. yeah, I feel much more comfortable going to church every Sunday. I feel really good about my religion. Whereas some, before, sometimes I was just like, I don't know that I want to do this anymore. It's too hard. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's helped me in, in many ways, not just in being a more calm person, but in actually being a better member of the church. Okay. So if you had to, I guess, 
we can talk about any number of things. Um, but when you think about like the principles that you learned that help that have helped you the most, that have taken the biggest role in helping you understand our belief system, um, what would you say are the biggest ones? What are the biggest helps? Well, I think in terms yeah. of the atonement, uh, when Jesus says that prayer in Luke twenty two forty two, where he says, uh, "If thou wilt, let this cup pass." Right, but if, yeah. but nevertheless, my will or thy will, not mine, be done. That is is huge, and I think it's a very Buddhist thought, also. Okay, right, where first it's an acknowledgement of feelings. You know, I'm in a situation. I I don't actually want to do this. This is a really hard thing for me to do. I'm willing to do it, but if I don't have to, if there's another way, that would be great. I'd, I'd love that <laughs> right? other way. <laughs> I would. I would love to try the other way. But if this is what I have to do, then I'm going to do it and I'm willing to do it. Right. And, and I think willing is kind of a, a, an important part there. It's, it's a way of approaching life that is really important and freeing. Here's an example. Um, when my daughter was really young, baby, she had to go into the hospital and get tests. And so it's like blood tests and needles and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, she's little. The person who had to hold her down was me. <laughs> and so here I am as a mother. And I thought, this is really unfair. I shouldn't have to be the person who holds her down while someone else tortures her. Right. I mean, and in her mind, that's what's happening. Yeah, she you doesn't know, know the difference. She has no idea what's going on, but I know that that's what's best for her. So it's something that if there was another way, I would be I would be so happy to do this another way. That would be so much better for her. As a parent, it's so hard to watch your children suffer. And to right. feel like maybe you're a part of that makes it even worse. But there is no other way. There is no other way for it to be done. If these tests, if that blood had to be drawn and it has to be drawn, I have to be the one who holds her down while it happens. Um, so I'm willing to do it. I don't love that I have to do it, but I'm willing to do it. And I think that you can take that concept and expand it to all sorts of situations in your life. And this is basically what uh, Jesus is doing during the atonement. He's saying, I don't want to do this, um, but I understand that I have to, and therefore I'm willing to. And I think a lot of time it's that willing that we push so hard against when we come up to trials. So Yeah, because, I, I mean, as, as a parent myself, we just had our son get his tongue tie cut and he's older than you're supposed to like you're supposed to get it cut way younger and he's he's older now and so we had to hold him down and basically torture him and yeah. he it was traumatizing you know mm -hmm. like he was screaming the whole time and it really is rough and uh just like expanding that to any life scenario like god doesn't ask us to do easy things yeah uh there's nothing about the gospel or just living that is easy that he that he's asked us to do and it's so hard to find that that willingness to find that uh that presence of mind mm -hmm. to to step out of yourself and say i see how this is necessary and as horrible as it is like i'm still willing to, I'm go, so through willing to go through with it but it's so hard to do that stepping out and uh, I think that's that's really what the what the trick is, what the yeah. the difficulty is. And that is absolutely the hard part. Has Buddhism kind of helps you to find that perspective, to step out and and see that? I think it has. Um, and one of the stories I heard early on when I first started studying Buddhism helps helped me a lot. Where it's a story about a man who is shot with a poisoned arrow. No, you didn't. Sick of you and your. 
So he's shot with a poisoned arrow and all of his friends and everybody around him is taking him and, and they've laid him on the table and they're saying, you know, we need to go get a surgeon. We have to get the arrow out. And he says, no, no, no. Before you remove the arrow, I have to know who shot it. And I have to know why they shot it. And I have to know like what color of shirt they were wearing when they shot it. And he's so obsessed with why this happened to him that he's unwilling to allow people to help him or to do what's necessary to remove the arrow. Hmm. And I think it goes along with that really well, this, this previous statements that we were talking about. Because so often when I get stuck in these trials, when I get stuck in these things that are hard, that are painful, emotionally, physically, whatever it is, I'm so focused on who did it to me and whose fault is it and where can I place the blame? And why? And why? Happened. Why did God let this happen to me? Mm. Why did he let this happen to my child? Why did he do all of these things? And and as a result of, of focusing on and, and all that extra stuff that's, that's just so heavy and overwhelming that you can't move on. And until you realize right now I'm focusing on who shot the arrow when really I just need to be thinking about how to remove it. And when you can step out from that, you can you you can remove blame and you can remove guilt. And I think as I mean, particularly as parents, guilt is heavy. Guilt yeah. is thick. And being able to say, this is what's happened. There are consequences of my actions, and I understand that. There's consequences of other people's actions. There's consequences of being born into an imperfect world. Yeah. And the consequences are there. Now what I have to do is make sure that what I'm doing is the best possible action or reaction to what's happening to me. And really think about that. Is me focusing on the person who cut me off really going to help me today? Probably not. No, probably make it worse. Probably make it worse. <laughs> so instead of, of getting all, you know, as soon as you start feeling those emotions coming and saying, what is wrong with him? I'm in such a hurry. And how dare he or she or, you know, arguing about all these things in your head and getting so mad. And if I pass them, I'm going to flip them off and let them know how mad that they made me. I mean, those are things that it's it's pointless. Yeah. And being able to stop, be present in the moment and say, you know what? I'm really angry that that person did that. But. It happened. Yeah. And all you need to do now is figure out how to get around them yeah. so you can still get to work on time. Right, exactly. <laughs> now I just have to figure out what do I do about it. Well, the answer is probably calm down and just just, relax. just continue on with your day. So would you say that like being present, that, that being present is like one of the biggest takeaways from Buddhism? Yes, absolutely. Being present and, and being present allows you to be thoughtful. Um, and being present allows you to be more compassionate hmm. because... I think if you are really stopping and thinking, instead of focusing on the why this is happening to me, if someone is being mean to me and I stop and I can say, well, they're really hurting my feelings right now. Um, and acknowledging, I think acknowledging is a really big part of this too. You yeah. have to acknowledge, you can't pre just pretend, you're not tucking the feelings down, you're not hiding them. You're saying, these are feelings that I'm having. I am, I'm really hurt right now. Um, but why? why is that such a big deal? Is this, why is this, how is this feeling going to benefit me? And maybe it's not. And, and then it, that allows you then to say, well, maybe what is this other person feeling? Maybe I did something that hurt this person, so now they're trying to hurt me back. Or maybe this person just genuinely doesn't understand what's, what's going on in my life. They don't realize what they did hurt me. Or maybe it just doesn't really matter. And I can just say, you know what? That's a person I don't want to be around. I, I, th I really think it fosters compassion because it allows you to stop and think not only about your own feelings, but about the feelings of others. Um, and that helps you to move on and just sort of not let that heaviness weigh you down. Yeah, definitely. So 
how does being present help us to connect with Christ and use his atonement better? I think being present helps you connect with Christ because um, it allows you that moment to let Christ in. That if you're so focused on getting from A to B, if you're so focused on getting there, there's no time for Christ to affect you. You can't listen to the Holy Ghost. You can't be there. The only way that you can have those thoughts and feelings of, of love and peace that Christ wants to give you, that he has to offer, is to stop and be open to them. And so this, these are the things that he's giving you in the atonement. He's, he's offering you love. He's offering you peace. He's offering you forgiveness, um, the sense of, of self and family and oneness. And, and you won't be able to receive it unless you stop and are open to receiving it. And that's what you get in that present moment. So you touched before uh, on, on a particular word that seems to be uh, a consistent throughout, uh, throughout Buddhism and even... Christianity, and that was oneness. Mm -hmm. um, and there's something about becoming one with, you know, your surroundings and with the people around you, um, that that exists in Buddhism. If I if I know, yeah, if I if I've heard correctly, I've heard rumors about it. Um, and that's actually a big theme of Christ's atonement, isn't it? Yeah. So, what can you tell us about that? Well, I think oneness is a huge part of Christ's atonement. He talks, it's this idea of family, this idea, I mean, in the church, we're all brothers and sisters. And when you go through the temple, that becomes even more apparent how we are all connected. We are all related. We are all, we're all family. In Buddhism, though, they take it a little bit further. So they would say, like, for example, if you're sitting down at a table, you're about to eat a sandwich. Everything that you're touching is connected to somebody and and it creates this interconnectedness. So for example, the chair you're sitting on was made by somebody. The wood that they used to make the chair was cut down by somebody. It was right. grown by somebody. The sandwich you're eating, the bread was made by somebody. The wheat was ground by somebody. There, you know, Everything is connected to everything and everything you touch and everything you interact with will eventually come back to everybody. Yeah. And so in that sense, we are interconnected, which means that I am a part of everything and everything is a part of me. And in that way, we are responsible or, well, not responsible. We're a part of everything good that happens to everybody. And on the flip side, we're a part of everything bad that happens to everybody. Yeah. And that does give you a little bit of a sense of responsibility where if I'm a part of this world, this thing that, that, that sometimes does bad things, you know, people are starving, people are in prison that shouldn't be. I mean, all of these things that happen that are unjust and unfair, it's partly my responsibility to make sure that in the places that I can, I am putting out good. Yeah. And, and not only will that help me, but that helps everyone. So everybody who puts out good, the better and better things become and the less bad things there are. Right. And it's not about like saving the whole world no, with yeah. your little actions, but every little thing that you do is is affecting somebody. Yeah, is it's affecting, affecting somebody. Something. And and down the line, um, there's so much interconnectedness. I mean, it's sort of like the story where the guy kicks the dog and the dog bites the, you know, the cat or whatever, that yeah. whole, I don't know, that whole thing. And it probably all comes back around and affects Satan somehow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can do the same thing with, with bad things and you can do the same thing with good things. And so being acknowledging of this interconnectedness and understanding that we really are siblings, we really are family, we are all each other. Um, it makes you feel a little bit more 
responsible for the people around you and it makes you care about them a little bit more. Um, I mean, another way to think of it is uh, very close. So I have a sister and I have I have two brothers. And if anybody did something to me on the playground, my sister would be like on it. You know, I mean, like you don't Good get sister. to mess with my little sister. And, and because when they hurt me, they hurt her and vice versa. If somebody hurts my sister, it hurts me purely because I love her because we're connected as family. But really that love should be expanded to everything yeah not just our not just little our, sisters yeah not just our little sisters or our own children but it should be expanded to to everything i mean in a lot of buddhists and i i don't go this far but some buddhists won't step on ants or won't you know because there's this idea that it is a living being and and you 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 wouldn't hurt any other living being ants no spiders in my house yeah definitely <laughs> spiders <laughs> But I have, I mean, I mean, in that being said, I have become much more aware just through this process of the living things around me. Hmm. And that's I can been see how that would happen. really kind of neat. So. so how, what does that have to do with, with Jesus Christ? Or what is it about, about this interconnectedness in our world? How can we channel that to connect to Christ or how can Christ help us well, channel I mean, that? I, mean, I, I think it's the idea of, um, you know, the least of these, you know, when, when you serve someone else, you serve Christ. When you love, show love for someone else, you're showing love for Christ. Christ uh, went through this whole process of the atonement for everybody and everything. Um, and so by you going and trying to also be loving and kind and patient towards everyone, you are then showing Christ that you accept what he has done and you're going to try more to be the loving kind person that he wants you to be got it and so that you're not you're not just doing it to christ but as we learned today you're also doing it to everyone else everyone else yeah interesting i love that thank you so much for opening our eyes a little bit about <laughs> everything that's in our sphere of influence about how like the impact the consequences of, of things that we that we do and how we're all connected um, and thanks for teaching us a little bit about Buddhism. Yeah, you're welcome. So if our audience has more questions about or they want to learn more, um, where are some places that they can go? Um, one of the people that I've followed quite a bit is Thomas McConkie, and he has some podcasts. He has a web page. He's written a couple books and he's, he's really great. So I would definitely start. Okay. Do you know the name of his podcast? It's called Transformations of Faith. Okay, perfect, cool. So if you've got questions, he's the guy to follow. That's the podcast to subscribe to. Um, got a lot of great resources. We'll hopefully, if possible, we'll link them in the description down below. And uh, thanks again for coming yeah, on and for, for opening your eyes a little bit. And uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.